Hello, everybody. Alongside Don Helbig, I'm Ryan Sir, and welcome to The Pick Six, the podcast by The Attractions Group, where we bring the latest stories of the attraction and amusement industry. Thank you, Ryan. Before we dive into this week's Pick Six, let me remind our listeners where they can tune in to The Attractions Group podcast. You can catch us on your favorite podcast platforms, and be sure to subscribe, like, and follow follow ryan get us started. all right let's start with story number one because that's a great place to start uh the ferrari build and race experience is slated to debut in march at legoland florida resort in winter haven the new attraction will have three areas a build zone where guests can construct their own race car a test zone where they can adjust the performance of the vehicle and a virtual race zone where they can virtually race their car toward the finish line. That park is uh, making a lot of progress. I, I have to admit, when I went there, um, and this was like 10 years ago, it, I, it just didn't feel like there was a lot to do, but it certainly feels that way now, don't you think? You know, absolutely, Ryan. I have a friend that uh, went there this summer, this past summer with uh, their son, who's, you know, seven years old. And he said they just had the best day of the year experience that they didn't have the highest expectations, you know, about it. They were used to going to the bigger parks, uh, but they're going back again, you know, this summer and they just had a great time. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, um, it, you know, it Legoland Florida rose from the ashes of Cypress Gardens. And honestly, when I went there, the Cypress Garden part, the actual garden in the middle with the banyan tree was my favorite part. Uh, but of course I, I was, you know, 30 something years old. I wasn't into Legos, but they just keep on making it. They keep on building it. And it's, uh, it sounds like it's a fantastic attraction. Don, what's next? All right. Well, great news for members of the American coaster enthusiasts. Hey, that's Hey, me. you got the card. Um, I do. Yeah. The world renowned club is set to host its annual spring conference at one of the country's finest seasonal amusement parks. And that is Kings Island in Mason, Ohio. So get ready for an exciting event, May 17th through the 19th. I'm sure a lot of fun things are planned. And when you're talking about uh, ACE, uh, the world's largest enthusiast group, uh, they just do these phenomenal events. So uh, if you're a member, uh, you know, make sure that uh, you attend this event because it could be the can't miss event of the season for coaster enthusiasts. That's right, Don. You know, I mean, they haven't announced any of the activities, but we can expect ERTs, speakers, catered meals, a lot of camaraderie. So it'll be a fantastic event. So now here's a cool thing too. Yeah, it's May 17th to the 19th, and in May 19th it'll commemorate the 45th anniversary of the American Coaster Enthusiast Beast Walk Back. Longtime Ace members will remember when that uh, was was a daily thing at Kings Island. You know, you show your Ace card and you would get walk back to be first in line to ride the beast. So I don't know how they're going to work that into it, but uh, according to what I heard at uh, the no coaster event in Chicago uh, this past weekend during Kings Island's presentation is that they're going to try to find a way to work that into it. Yeah, that's very cool. And if you want to learn more about the ACE walk back at Kings Island, Don and I happen to host another podcast called tower topics, which you can find on all your favorite podcast apps and YouTube and so on the same way you found this one in which we talk about the history of the ACE walk back. So very, very cool. All right. Next up, let's do story number. What is this? Three. Uh, so, yes. uh, just a month after SeaWorld dove into the hotel industry with a four, 504 room project at SeaWorld Orlando, they're making another splash. 
This time at Discovery Cove, they're planning a 250-room hotel on the east side of the property. The development, named Project Canopy, envisions a six-story, 288,637-foot venture on the 50-acre site, previously used for guest parking. Exciting times ahead for SeaWorld and with their lodging. Have you ever been to uh, Discovery Cove, Don? Been by it, have not been to it. Um... I've been told that it's a miss opportunity for me by not doing that. So next time I'm in uh, that area, I'm going to certainly have to check it out. I but have. I, uh, I did not do Discovery Cove, shall we say, but a friend of mine uh, works worked at the time for SeaWorld a long time ago. Uh, and he got us like a tour of Discovery Cove that we were able to just go in and walk around, but we didn't swim or anything like that. But um, it's an all-inclusive like resort on land shall we say but you know for an upcharge you can swim with the dolphins and so on but the most important thing about discovery cove you'll come to find out is that it was host to an episode of john and kate plus eight on tlc now that's an interesting fact <laughs> it's not that interesting yes opinion. i remember that <laughs> i watched the episode right, uh, i watched it just for that all right what's up next all right, next, we have Peanut Celebration. It makes a comeback at Knott's Berry Farm. It'll be January 27th to February 25th. The event will feature shows, treats, and a brand new exhibit highlighting the history and pop culture influence of Franklin, the character who first encountered Charlie Brown on the beach in 1968. Now, I don't know about you, Ryan. I love Franklin, one of my favorite characters, and the, the times I would see Franklin... Uh, out at King's Island, uh, the guests, you know, they just migrated to him. You know, they loved him. Yeah, actually, my favorite, my top three characters are Snoopy because he's a beagle, and then Franklin, and then uh, Schroeder because Schroeder's got mad skills on the keys. But Franklin, I always liked. I always liked the dynamic, and you know, he he meets the formula of several other characters throughout literature and you, you know, so on, where he's just a little bit smarter than everybody else. So he's kind of the fish out of water that it's like, you guys are idiots. And I, I think that that, that aspect in, in the dynamic is just fantastic. Uh, he's got a, like a lot of backstory too. Like, for example, did you know that his father died in Vietnam? Have you heard that, Don? Did not hear that. Yeah, yeah. Don, if I'm lying, I'm flying. I read it on Wikipedia, which makes it true. But yeah, very, very interesting. But um, yeah, I, I love the Franklin character. Um, very cool. Yeah. Awesome. I love the peanut celebration. Next. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, what's next? Um, the, the Disneyland resort, it will temporarily close radiator Springs racers, a marquee attraction at California, uh, Disney's California adventure for standard refurbishment. The immersive cars land ride is set to close from Monday, February 26th. And will reopen to guests on Saturday, March 2nd. That's a really nice short rehab. Uh, routine maintenance will be, uh, very common for something like this. And, you know, we've seen different, we've reported on different things, for example, like Haunted Mansion closed down for, for a few days, just because they take time to grease the joints and repair pieces and stuff. So not much of a story with this, but it's, it's important that it's done. Now I've never been to Disneyland, but I've heard Radiator Springs is like one of the best things at the Disney parks in America. Have you ever been to, I know you've been to Disneyland, but have you been at Radiator Springs? Yeah, very nice. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you're out there, Ryan. You know, you talk about these temporary closures. You know, it, it might happen while somebody's planning a visit to go out there. Uh, but when you have a year-round operation, 
you know, you have to do the maintenance on the ride. So unfortunately you do have, depending on what the attractions that might be down one week, two weeks, it might be a month, six weeks, as we've seen in some of the parks, but it, it's just part of the nature of, of being a park that's open year round. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Don, finish this off. Well, rounding out the pick six, the first pieces of track for King's Island's newest roller coaster, Snoopy's Soapbox Racers, has been delivered by ride manufacturer Vacoma to the Mason, Ohio Amusement and Water Park. Snoopy's Soapbox Racers elevates the classic joy of a soapbox racing derby to new heights. Uh, parents and kids alike, they can board their Peanuts-themed soapbox coaster cars. Uh, they'll ascend a 70-foot lift hill to the starting line, and then with Snoopy signaling the start, with a checkered flag, riders are propelled forward onto a track with thrilling twists, passing the camp lookout station and speeding toward the finish line. Just as they anticipate crossing it, the entire train of the soapbox cars takes a surprising backward roll, navigating the same course in reverse for an added twist of excitement. Now, if you're a family with young kids, uh, this is going to be an amazing ride experience. Yeah, completely agree. Totally excited about this. Uh, the park has uh, disclosed that it will be opening in late spring. We don't have an exact date yet, but uh, looking forward to that as well as the rest of Camp Snoopy, uh, Beagle Scout Acres. Just just a fantastic addition. Yeah, I mean, it all looks good. All the renderings that I've seen of it. Um, yeah, very excited about it. All right, moving on to the listener question. What do we have, Ryan? So listener question from friend of the show, Jim Flugel. With the popularity of family-friendly rides and family-friendly activities, has the theme park industry finally able, been able to say that the coaster wars have ended? No more big or tall rides. Doesn't count. He says he doesn't count Top Drill 2 because it's a remodel. So that's a very good question, Jim. <coughs> Don, let's start with you. Are the coaster wars over? Well, I think we're right now we're saying, uh, no, I think, you know, it's always going to come back around everything in this industry, you know, kind of cycles back at some point. I think right now we have this renaissance of these family attractions. Uh, but I think, you know, two, three, four years down the line, you know, there's going to be different. And I don't think it's going to be in terms of uh, the coaster wars, you know, the, the tallest, the fastest. I think it's going to be more of the innovation piece of it that they're going to do because I don't know how much, you know, how much higher can you go? How much faster can you go? I mean, there's kind of kind of reached the limit, I think, on that a little bit on what the human body is going to take. But I think in terms of, you know, just the, uh, the the innovation, you know, piece of it, I think we're going to see that be the next next wave. I completely agree. And you got to remember, Jim, that we've seen a couple of different cycles, uh, even within the last five or so years, because, um, you know, late 2000s, I'm sorry, early Early 2000s, late 90s was the Coaster Wars, and that got us Millennium Force and Top Throw Dragster and so on, and Son of Beast and so on. Uh, and then it went into a little bit more of the gimmicky innovation, think like Italian Job Stunt Track. Mm. Um, and then it went to uh, a little bit more of the big scale innovation. So we're talking about wing coasters at this point. Um, and then it went to, you know, the surveys indicated that families wanted events. And that's why you saw like Kings Island have their big 50th, Cedar Point have their 150th, uh, the peanut celebration and so on. Um, I don't think that's necessarily over. Uh, the cost of running these events is very expensive, so it's very easy to like kind of pivot from them. But if we mm -hmm. want to say that we're kind of in a renaissance of uh, family rides, I would completely agree with that. But I think that uh, all it's going to take is 
you know, a Six Flags Park or a Kennywood or something like that to build a really good thrill coaster and have record attendance for people to turn their heads again and be like, oh, wait a minute, we haven't put in a coaster in a while. So, you know, Coaster Wars, I, I don't necessarily think that the people running Kings Island, Cedar Point, Magic Mountain, and so on uh, in the early 2000s were really cavalier enough to put that kind of money into topping Cedar Point, for example. I think that they saw the records as being marketable, in which they were at the time. So there never really was a coaster war. But if to answer your question, if you if I think that thrill rides will come back, big thrill rides, absolutely, because everything runs in cycles. Oh, they will. They will. But I think, you know, what we're looking at here, though, is the cost now involved. You're not going to see, you know, parks can't keep putting in these 40, 50, 60 million dollar uh, roller coasters. And I'm talking to seasonal parks, you know, Disney, Universal, you know, they're going to be able to do those kind of things still if they wanted to. They can go to the highest degree there. But in terms of what a, a King's Ion, a Cedar Point, um, you know, a Kennywood, those type of parks, I mean, it's, you know, you've kind of stretched it about as far as you can go in terms of, of what you're going to spend on a coaster. Yeah. The only thing I can think of is, you know, coming back to the merger between Six Flags and Cedar Fair, they might be able to have buying power, especially with raw materials like steel. Uh, well, that'll help. Yeah, that's going to help. So if they're if they're willing to invest, you know, they can't put 30 million into a coaster, but they can put 100 million into four coasters. That's 25 million a coaster. I think that that might be right. One of the things that they have in mind. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's what we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool. Excellent. Well, thanks for the question, Jim. Hey, this is another pick six. We'll see you next week, everybody. I'm Ryan, sir, along with Don Helbig.